Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, August 14th, 528 a.m. Central Time. Mixed trade in grain markets this morning. December corn futures down two at 485 and a quarter. November soybeans up 11 cents at 13.18 and a half. December Chicago wheat down four and a quarter at 649 and a half. December Kansas City wheat down five and three quarters at 760 and a quarter. December spring wheat down two and a half at 827 and three quarters. We had a USDA report out on Friday. Why don't we start there? So as expected, the USDA cut its projections for U.S. corn and soybean production. The yield cuts were slightly larger than their respective average trade guesses, but fell within the expected range. USDA made cuts to their demand projections in order to offset lower production on the balance sheets. Nothing shocking here on Friday. So yeah, these yield numbers, your corn 175.1, the trade was looking for 175 and a half. So that was slightly lower than the average trade guess, but certainly within the the, um, range of expectations. So not uh, super bullish or friendly by any means. You could argue that the soybean number was friendly. I mean, four tenths of a bushel below the average trade guess. Four tenths of a bushel matters in in beans in regard to the balance sheet. Now, as Mackenzie said, um, USDA did what they typically do, especially as it relates to corn, uh, despite the fact that you had a lighter crop. The carryout estimate was actually above the average trade guess for new crop at 2.2 billion. So USDA cut demand all over the place for corn, old crop balance sheets, new crop balance sheets. And a lot of that is is warranted, I think. I have maybe I have some issues with the stuff on the old crop balance sheets. Uh soybeans, this 245 carryout, if if that's reality, that in my opinion is not bearish from current price levels. That's pr- that's pretty darn tight. And the soybean balance sheet is incredibly sensitive. We've got some weather coming up that doesn't look that great to me. So I think the soybean thing could be, that could be seen as a friendly item. In wheat, uh, USDA cut the export number. We did have some changes to the production estimates, but nothing overly um, exciting there. We had another report out on Friday that I think was the bigger deal. So FSA released uh, released acreage data on Friday after the USDA report. Corn and soybean prices fell immediately following this release, which occurred one hour after USDA release. U.S. corn acres enrolled in the subsidy programs as of August 9th totaled just over 93 million, a number that is proportionally large compared to the USDA's official number historically. The print drove the idea that corn acres could increase compared to the USDA's current estimate. U.S. soybean acres enrolled in subsidy programs were also large historically compared to the USDA's current estimate. Okay, I say this was the bigger market mover because it was. If you pull up a five-minute chart of December corn or, or November soybeans, you'll see this. Like, So we spiked a little bit following the USDA release, but then we came back to where we started. We traded sideways. And then an hour later, when the FSA comes out with this acreage data, that's when you sell off. Now, I'm not an expert on the FSA's process, but it works like this. So you've got this number that's just over 93 million acres of corn that was uh, enrolled in subsidy programs as of August 9th. Two things here. 
uh, not all acres are enrolled in subsidy programs. So the FSA number is, is never going to totally match USDA's official estimate. The second thing is that you've got some offices that are probably behind in terms of paperwork. And these numbers are gonna get bigger um, over time as we get into September and October. USDA will start to use this FSA stuff in the September and October reports. So you're likely to see um, some different looking acreage numbers. Historically, uh, corn and soybean acres from June to final decline more often than not. But in this instance, FSA comes out with these numbers. The trade looks at it and says, you know what, this number, which is almost this 93.03 million in corn as an example, that's like almost 99% of USDA's official uh, estimate as of this point. That's high historically. It's high historically. I don't go and do all the study on this. I have smart friends that explain this to me. But um, in any case, this was a bearish deal. And it's and it's plain as day when you look at these five-minute charts. So I think like prior to this, people had thought maybe the corn acreage number was too high. Maybe it comes down a little bit. And now maybe that idea is kind of out the window. And this thing, uh, absolutely. I, I think when you look at the time, you look at this five-minute chart, it tells the story. The market was more interested in this number than it was the uh, USDA number. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about a couple videos you put out last week? Uh, on report day, the video is always a USDA snapshot. I get a video out within 20 minutes of the release and I do a quick like high level view of the report. What were the yield numbers? What do they mean? What does the carryout number look like? How is the trade digesting this? Um, and then I think I had a text message out within 60 seconds of the release with the yield numbers and just the, the highlights. Uh, Thursday's video was great. If you guys are storing grain this fall this is something you got to watch fall storage considerations with chris barron uh, we talked about a lot of things proper bin usage the cost of storage as it relates to interest rates we made a free tool available um, we had a question come in about building bins like does this building bins is that a good investment in this high interest rate environment if you guys want to see all the premium stuff i'll send you over the two most recent videos this morning go to standardgrain.com this is a 50 dollars per month subscription you can cancel it at any time no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Uh, it takes like a minute to sign up with your credit card. You can do it on your phone or computer this morning, guys. Weekend rains were scattered across the Corn Belt and U.S. Plains. Portions of Missouri and northeastern South Dakota perhaps saw the best amounts in coverage. Early this morning, rain fell over parts of Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Missouri, and southern Illinois. The forecast is mostly dry beyond today. The 10-day Euro and GFS models offer limited rainfall. Above normal temperatures will be an issue across the plains and western Corn Belt later this week. The entire Corn Belt is slated to see above normal temperatures by the weekend. I think this is a friendly forecast for the bean market. I think this is probably why soybeans are independently higher this morning while uh, corn and wheat are lower. You've got really what looks to be, if the forecasts are right, kind of a uh, warmer and drier finish to the month of August. Now, we did have that rain event earlier this month, which I think helped the crops, uh, certainly for, for those who caught it. But if you did not catch those rains, uh, the first weekend of August, and now you're looking at this hot and dry forecast, this could be a risk to uh, your soybean crops. Absolutely. So th this is this is a friendly forecast, especially as it relates to the bean market uh, here this morning to start the week. Large money managers are net short the corn market. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday. During the week ending August 8th, the funds were net sellers of 46,000 contracts of corn. They were also net sellers of 27,000 contracts of soybeans, and they were net sellers of 5,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. 
you don't have any extreme positions here. When it comes to um, using CFTC data for for anything, whether it's grain marketing or grain buying, you look for extreme positions, or at least I do. And none of this is extreme. That's a very moderate net short in the corn market, kind of a moderate net short in SRW wheat, certainly just a, a moderate uh, long in the soybean market. So uh, nothing to get excited about there. USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. corn to Mexico on Friday. U.S. exporters sold 143,637 metric tons of corn to Mexico for delivery during the next marketing year. Since the beginning of the year, exporters have sold 1.6 million metric tons of corn to Mexico through flash sales. This is not the amount that you'd like to see. Um, it's not the buyer that you'd like to see. You'd like to see China with a million metric tons or whatever, right? And that just has not happened yet. Maybe with these corn prices on the decline, maybe we do see that at some point in time. And that's exactly what we'd like to see. But Mexico is the buyer that we have. They're one of our most reliable corn buyers, despite all the stuff you've seen about Mexico and, and GMOs. Um, most of that's been resolved for most of you guys. If you're growing conventional corn, uh, it's been resolved. It's it's the uh, like white corn for human consumption that's still uh, up for debate. So it's good to see demand. I'd like to see bigger numbers, and I'd like to see China in addition to Mexico in the market for uh, some new crop U.S. corn. Producer prices increased uh, more than expected in July. The producer price index rose 0.3% in July from June, the largest, ga largest gain since January. Economists had predicted a 0.2% increase year over year. PPI increased 0.8% last month, up from June's revised re reading of 0.2%. Economists had forecast a 0.7% gain. The services sector accounted for the major majority of the rise in producer prices. According to the markets, the probability that the Fed will hold rates steady in September fell to 88.5% from 90% prior to the report. Um, so I don't know, inflation, this is this is wholesale inflation, which tends to trickle down to consumer inflation. It's overall been easing. This is a little bit hotter than expected. The Fed, I still I think I think still pauses uh, next month. There, I don't think there is an August meeting. So in September is kind of what we're looking forward to. But the only reason that we I mean, we care about inflation, but the interest rate thing is of interest to a lot of you guys. And it looks to me like these operating notes are going to stay high for uh, for quite a while, whereas several months ago, we thought maybe you'd see rate cuts in 23. I just, I don't know if that's on the table right now. I really don't. On Sunday, a Russian warship fired warning shots with automatic weapons to stop a cargo vessel in the Black Sea. The shots were, were the first on a cargo vessel excluding Ukraine since the Black Sea grain deal ended. According to Russia, the captain of the targeted ship failed to respond to a request to halt for an inspection. However, Russia, Russia, excuse me, however, officials have yet to confirm Russia's statement. A senior Ukrainian official referred to Russia's actions as a clear violation of international law of the sea. And the wheat market goes wild, right? No, it didn't. We traded like a 12 cent range in wheat overnight. So the market is just not interested in this. It's not enough. They're not seeing the supply disruption. Um, so this they've been they've been fooled too many times by this stuff. And um, not not again this time. Nobody's interested. Wheat's lower. It's on the low of, of the day here as we 
uh, tape. What did the cattle market do last week? Uh, so cattle futures were lower on Friday. However, there weren't a lot of big moves. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 32 cents lower. Live cattle futures uh, were down 84 cents lower on average. Cash cattle trade was slow last week as feeders held firm on their prices. In the south, trade was reported at 180, which was steady with last week. Northern trade was reported right around 188, which was also steady with last week. In Nebraska, there were a few impressive uh, sales reported at 191 to 192. Box beef was narrowly mixed on Friday. Choice ended the day at 302.61. That was up 58 cents. And select ended the day at 277.23. That was that was down 57 cents. Outside markets this morning, guys, pretty quiet. U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks are up a little bit. The S&P's up 12. Dow Jones up 80. Bonds up just a little bit. Precious metals mixed. Crude oil is down 38 cents. In the September WTI 8281 last trade. Have a great week, guys. We will talk to you Tuesday.